Our gospel lesson this morning is from the Gospel of John, and it is the end of a story that we don't hear in the passage. It is important to know that in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man born blind, and the Pharisees just don't know what to do with this. And in the end of the story, the man born blind who can now see is such a challenge to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day, that they no longer will allow him in their community. And these are the words that Jesus speaks, not only to the disciples, but to the whole crowd, including those religious leaders. Let us listen for God's word. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them all out, all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, we come before you longing for peace, for rest, for the abundant life promised in the love of Jesus Christ. The words that Jesus speaks are a riddle to us. And so we ask that you may expand our understanding, that you may open our hearts and our minds and stir our imaginations. Come to us that we may hear that word that feeds our souls and opens us up to the abundant life you give. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I have started so many sermons this way that you're going to know some of what I'm about to say. 
every summer my family has gathered in Brainerd, Minnesota to be at the lake to swim and to fish and play cards and be together. Now, you know that, that in recent years, my family has made this 3,000 mile, 1,500 there and 1,500 back in our odyssey. And it is an odyssey. But before children and marriage, I would fly into Brainerd International Airport. Now, 30 years ago, Brainerd International Airport was one building. And part of the building was a ticket counter that also served as baggage claim. And there was a waiting area, and there was one door to the aircraft, and traffic control literally consisted of somebody going outside, looking in the air, and shooing deer off the runway. Now, over the years, there was a huge change when Brainerd International Airport called international because there were flights to Canada. And it was such a huge shock to come to the airport and see that there were two gates, gate A and gate B. And then as time went on, like today, Brainerd International Airport has food shops. And you have to actually pull up. And there are at least a dozen gates, and they can even take a jet. And they do more than go outside and put up their hand to shade them from the sun and look to see who's coming. And I think that going to the airport is a little like we have thought about religion over the years. And 30 years ago, when there was one gate, it was Christianity. And if you got on board, that you would have your destination in heaven. And then when there were two gates, now in Minnesota, one was marked Lutheran, and the other was marked everything else. And we were pretty sure that if you got on board, that the plane would eventually end up in heaven. And then when there were more gates and they were Presbyterian, Lutheran, Brethren Lutheran, ECLA Lutheran, maybe some Baptist, Methodists, possibly an Episcopalian, then, you know, it was okay. And we were pretty sure that all the flights were going to go to heaven, but maybe just different parts of heaven. Because you know that you're supposed to be quiet when you visit the part of heaven where the Baptists are because they think they're the only ones there. But today, religion is a lot more like JFK that has six terminals and 151 gates. And if we were to think about that in religion, we'd think about Baha'i and Zoroastrianism, as well as Orthodox Christianity, or Greek Orthodox, or Catholic, or Islam, Sharia Islam, or Hindu, or Buddhist, or spiritual but not religious. 
There are lots of gates by that name. And then there are atheist and agnostic, ethical humanism, and on and on and on. And for some Christians, the response to all of this exposure and explosion of religious awareness is to stick to or go back to Jesus really is the gate. And that's the one that's going to end us up in salvation. And as for all of those other flights, they're not going there. For many other Christians, Jesus is the gate, has become Jesus is our gate. And there are many gates, and we trust that God is going to get us to heaven, and who are we to play God anyway? And for many people, it is absolutely ridiculous that the creator of the universe would condemn almost half or more of humanity to eternal damnation, and for them, religion just becomes meaningless. And then we all see people go through some of the gates of religion, and what comes out? Like almost 300 Nigerian girls being stolen. And the ways in which other Islam Muslims weep over this. And a lot of people run for the exit. And we can understand that. They run for the exit, they're not going to the airport. And honestly, the instinct is right. Jesus never said, I came that people could have a religion called Christianity. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Now, if we could travel get on a plane, time machine, and go back in time to first century Palestine, we'd hear Jesus' words through first century ears, and they would sound a lot different to us. We tend to hear or have heard over a number of years that when Jesus says, I am the gate, he is saying, I am the gate. And that exclusive claim to being the only way to God. And while we kind of know that, that we can't accept that, we're not quite sure what to say about that because the Bible says, I am the gate. I am the way. I am the truth. But for first century ears, they would not have emphasized the word the. What they would have heard is something far more radical. They would have heard I am the gate. I am the way. And this is shocking because I am is God's name. Think back. Go back, if you must, to Charlton Heston on that mountain. And the burning bush. Remember that Moses was a shepherd at the time? 
And he saw the burning bush and God called to him, Moses, Moses, right? And he took off his sandals and there was this conversation where Moses was asked by God to go and free the Hebrew people. And Moses said, okay, well, when I go, who do I tell them is sending me? And God says, I am who I am. When you go, you say to the people, I am sent you. And so Jesus is taking the name of God. And for the religious people at that time, this was absolutely insane. Only God is I am. And God, in the religious people's minds, God was really concerned about religion. And about the rules and about saying the right things and following the laws and doing worship in the right ways. And this was what made the people distinct and that was right. But this is what the emphasis became that God was about the law and about rules. And Jesus came into that and said... And that's why the one who was healed and followed I am could not be in the community. And this was a time when people were being divided and religion was divisive. And Jesus came and said, I am the gate. Not to be exclusive but to say, I am the way, the way of God, my way of love and compassion and healing, blind eyes, is the way, the gate, the opening to life. And Jesus didn't stop there. If we read the Gospel of John, there are 16 times when Jesus uses the name of God for himself. I am the bread of life. God gives manna in the wilderness. I am gives food for your journey. I am God who cares about people in darkness. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I will care for you, and I will lead you and protect you and feed you. I will stand in front of you when the wolves or the lions or the thief attacks. I am the gate, the door, the opening, the entrance to peace and wholeness, to inclusion, to an expansive life in the love of God. I have a friend who has a garden, and there's a wooden fence around the garden, and it's so high you can't see, and outside of this fence is their driveway and the car, and there's often the trash can and the hose for the garden, and sometimes there's the lawnmower, and it's not very pretty. But when you walk through the gate, there is this amazing garden of beauty and joy. And I think sometimes that 
we need that. That when we are up against walls of fear and anxiety and violence and illness, that we just need to be able to find that gate of compassion and caring that opens us up to the peace and wholeness of that garden. But there's more to it than that. Because that garden path isn't all that there is. And so I'm taking us back to the airport. And this time, the gates are not marked Islam, Buddhist, Christian. But the gates are marked things like peacemaking and healing or wealth or service. And there are no direct flights. And you can change gates every time the plane lands. And I want to tell you about another time when I got on an airplane when I, you have heard this one too, when I was 18 and went to South Africa and I stood there at the gate saying goodbye to my mom and dad. And if you remember the gates in the early 80s, they were orange, right? And they had that orange carpeting up both sides of the jetway. Do you remember that? Because I vividly remember walking down that orange corridor and knowing that I was entering something different. I had gone on a church trip. It was to see how the church was responding to apartheid. It was a way that I couldn't even name at that time. When I got there, what I found was a group of people who had come together in Jesus' name to try and find justice, who faced wolves and thieves, and who laughed together and cried together and sat by the side of the road and played games when the van broke down. Doesn't that seem to happen like on every church trip? Am I right? And found impossible laughter at the Kentucky Fried Chicken. There is another gate. And that gate is here. Becky and Kevin brought Bryce today to carry him through the door, the gate, to a group of people who are trying their best to follow Jesus, who have to sometimes face wolves and bandits in their life, who laugh together and cry together, and mostly on youth trips play games by the side of the road when the van breaks down, And in impossible situations, find ways for impossible laughter or holding hands or walking the way of that compassion and love 
that leads to life. What Becky and Kevin have brought BICE for is not to enter a religion, but to be on the path of faith. The journey, the gate, the ticket, the price for that ticket is Bryce's life. And it is an abundant life. An incredible life. This is the flight worth boarding. A gate worth entering. The expansive love lived way of God. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Amen.